Welcome to the latest installment of the Energised Podcast. Barry, how are you doing? Doing very well, Ross. Doing very well after that weekend away in Scotland. Yeah, you feeling tired? Uh, <laughs> a little bit. Um, Definitely been less tired. It's just a bit of a come down after you go away, you have a bit of crack and then you get home and you, you sort of reflect on how the last few days were and... It was just very good. Obviously, we talked about it more in the Irish Rugby Show, but in the, for the people that didn't listen to the Irish Rugby Show, uh, what do you want to say about the trip? Anyway? Uh, we went over a very dodgy plane. We arrived safe. Edinburgh is real beautiful. Yeah. JK Railing Road, Harry Potter there. We flew back on the plane next to the Irish Rugby team yeah. and we met them on the airport. Also, we went to the game as well, yeah? And we went to the game and we won. So... Yeah. All the deets on that are in the Irish Rugby Podcast, but it was yeah. a great weekend. Yeah. And the lads are all home safe and sound. Everyone's home safe and sound. Yeah, it was good crack. It's funny because like, the majority of the people that listen to the show probably wouldn't listen to rugby, would they? No, I wouldn't. Man. Well, no, I'd say we have a good rugby audience, but like, uh, I think a lot of people come here for MMA. Yeah. So if uh, you are new to the Energize Podcast... Welcome! And if you're a returning Energize listener... Welcome back! Welcome back. So, on today's show, we kicked it off with how we got on over in Scotland. And then we're going to look into the crack of the week. And that's because the return of Champions League is this week. And it kicks off on Tuesday. Uh, Then we're going to go into the main part of the show. We're going to look at all the MMA news, including UC234 that was on over in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, We're going to look at Robert Whittaker and then discuss the the situation in the middleweight division. And then we're going to be looking at UFC Arizona that's on this weekend, along with recapping Bellator Newcastle that was on over the weekend as well. And this weekend, there's two Bellator events, one on Friday, one on Saturday. So, uh, yeah, Ross. We're back from Scotland anyway. Yeah. As we said in the last show, we're sitting here in our kilts. Full of haggis. Full of full of haggis sandwiches and points. But uh, yeah, Scotland was great crack and I'd highly recommend anyone to go over there and check it out. Yeah, it's a beautiful city. It is. But uh, we should probably crick it off with the thoughts on Sarri. Over the weekend... Chelsea got absolutely annihilated by Manchester City 6-0 uh, this was probably one of the, the like most ridiculous wins for Man City since probably the beat Man U at Old Trafford like 6-1 wasn't it yeah yeah. it's definitely Pep Guardiola's biggest win since he's uh, been the Chelsea or City manager yeah Ross well, like first of all going into this game I think we both agreed that Man City would win it probably thought like 2-1 3-1 but uh, 6-0 that's absolutely disgraceful does this say more for Man City's attacking prowess or does it say more for Chelsea's disarray in defence? Do you know what? I think, it's, I think Manchester City respected them enough to give them an absolute hiding rather than leave it at 4-0. It was half-time 4-0. Go out and like totally make a show of them. I was actually listening to it on News Talk on the way home from the airport, right? Yeah. And Brian Kerr was doing commentary for News Talk. Yeah, okay. Uh, former Irish manager. <laughs> and he was actually saying that Higuain is doing brilliant. And I just turned to my dad and going, how are they saying that team who's losing 4-0 striker is playing brilliant? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, I, I just look at it and go, Sarri's like, lost the Chelsea dressing room in record time. Uh, obviously, there's like a lot of 
toxicity in that Chelsea's dress, dressing room. Uh, you know what I mean? They can't tend to keep hold of the manager. Yeah. It doesn't seem to matter who's there. Yeah. Ashley Cole was on TV there last week on Monday night discussing how his career has gone, all that sort of stuff. And he had like, I think he said 13. Was it 13 different managers that he had for yeah. Chelsea? Um, like, what was even going on there? And they've had so much, there's been such a turnover of managers. There's no one really left. Like, for instance, they have Mourinho back. Uh, Sarri, uh, you could you could tell something was really wrong. Remember when he admitted that he had nothing got to do with the transfers. Um, once someone comes out and says that, there's only more things to follow. He also said before the game, it could have been after, that Man City were the best team in the league. Uh, like, they're meant to be one of your rivals. And then... It, it just looks like there's a lot of too many mercenaries there because uh, none of the players that are playing right now came through the youth system. Bar Loftus Cheek, maybe, but he's he's just sitting on the bench. He was doing brilliant for Crystal Palace last year. You were singing his praise, and oh, I actually think every time Loftus Cheek plays for Chelsea as well, he does really well. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like he scored two goals a game. They're like, no, back in the bench there, but yeah, you know what I mean, and, I, I don't and, get it. And then Ross Barkley started ahead of him, and Ross Barkley was at fault, heading the ball back to the keeper. Stupidly, and then put a. I think it was Aguero through and Aguero scored. Yeah. If I was wrong there, pardon me. But uh, Ross, what, what's going to be? Ha- what's going to have to happen now with Sarri as manager? Because uh, Hazard's already saying that he knows what he's going to do with his career next, and he's also obviously not signed a new contract, and he wants to leave. He wants to go to Real Madrid. I don't even know if Real Madrid really want him, do they? Who knows? Maybe, maybe he might not go to Real Madrid. Maybe he has something else lined up. Maybe he might go to PSG. Maybe he might go to Barcelona. Who knows? Because like. Messi's getting on a bit uh, over in Spain. Like he's, his game time has been a lot more managed as well. Um, but like Chelsea are, they're probably in the worst shape out of anyone in the top six now. And it's quite funny to say see Sarri being like, "Oh, I don't control the transfers." When they've got in Jorginho and Higuain, who both played under Sarri. Yeah. But uh, I think whatever Jorginho did in Italy, it worked out really, really well, and hasn't seemed to really taken on. In Chelsea, I think he set a record of most passes ever completed without getting an assist and a goal from midfielder or something like that. Like they seem to not be able to score. Like Bournemouth turned them over four 0 Yeah, uh, yeah Arsenal beat them two 0 and now City beat them six 0 Not many players come from Italy and do well. No, as well. It's a a very very strange. Uh, predicament Chelsea are in especially when you look at the, the actual just sheer talent that they have in the team like uh, Kovacic Kante uh, like top class midfielders like both were playing the World Cup final uh, Eden Hazard he was like the team of the World Cup he's in like probably the current Premier League team of the season he's brilliant and uh, just can't seem to get it going yeah Jamie Carragher actually called him the new Arsenal um, yeah, what the banter club yeah, it you know what it's just the way that Terry's not there anymore, Lampard's not there anymore, even Drogba, like and then like Peter Cech as well. The way they're not like blooding in new, on like new younger players is it seems to be a serious serious problem. Like Hudson Odoi wanted to leave, and now he can't even get he didn't even get on the bench there over the weekend. Um, do you think this comes down to? Managers are like right. I have no time to blood in these young guys and give these younger guys a chance because. I might not be here that long myself. Look at the way Mourinho was with United. I know we played like Lingard and Rashford at times, but he never gave like Greenwood a go or Gomez or Chong. Uh, yeah, he seems to be almost snooker from the get-go. Uh, Hudson-Odoi, great talent. 
doesn't want to be there. Eden Hazard, great talent, doesn't want to be there. They what spent seventy five million on Morata. He's gone on loan to Atletico Madrid. Spent seventy five million on the goalkeeper. Why well, he's shipped in, what twelve goals in the last three games? You know, I mean, like these are stats that are not very becoming of a successful team or successful management. It seems to be. It seems to have an unfixable problem. That's the thing. Although then again, you would have almost said that about United, and then Solskjaer came in. Oh no! Yeah. Well then. Well, like, are they, do they get rid of this manager again and then get a new one in and then it's, it's the same thing happens again? They never should have got rid of Ancelotti anyway. That was just no. obvious. Uh, who are they going to get in, I think, is the question. You know what I mean? Like, it's the, I think it's definitely the players' problem. <coughs> it has to be. No, the players, look the at players Conte, are terrible. They won the league, what, two years ago under Conte? Yeah. And everything seemed to be grand. At the beginning of this season, they were playing good football as well. It seems like once the players don't like a manager and they've already gotten rid of so many other managers, they're like, you know what, this guy's gone as well, you know? Yeah. I, I, I don't know why, but I just feel like Eden Hazard's the one who like does it. Yeah. I like think, I feel like he, he's the biggest player in that dressing room. If he decides he likes the manager, then do all the players go, we like the manager? They were like, Willie like, It's not Danny Drinkwater doing it. You know what no, I mean? Danny Drinkwater in the reserves. Willian is uh, also wanted to leave at the end of last year. Suppose he wants to go to Man U. I'm sure he just wanted to go to anywhere. And uh, he's now on the bench as well. David Luiz was out of the side last year. Like, like it is very, very toxic there, you know? Yeah. Look, they, they have so many uh, players who, like, are just that bit past it or are, like, sort of not wanted anymore. You know what I mean? Uh, like, no one wants to buy David Luiz anymore. You know what I mean? Rudiger seems like he's, like, bang average. Like, I think you were telling me one stage, Sky Sports were like doing a list of Chelsea centre midfielders and like they didn't put drink water on it. Yeah. Uh, like, they don't like Loftus Cheek, even though he plays brilliant for them every time he plays. Like, Ross Barkley, like, looks like he's never played football before sometimes. You know what I mean? Uh, well, yeah, but I wouldn't overly agree with you that like these players aren't actually that good. Because I know Higuain's probably just a. a a striker to have now for another couple of years just to plug a problem they're, it's like they are slightly like a sinking ship and they're just plugging these problems Davies can play well it's just uh, I think it's more that if they get the next like they were playing well at the beginning of the season so they can't all of a sudden be shit it has, it has to be their problem with the manager but the biggest problem is they can't be having a problem with a manager every six months yeah like you know what I mean it's incredible how successful Chelsea have been That's, with the revolving door yeah yeah, that it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, and you know what? They seem to like just get in any old random person. They'll be like, "We we'll get Zola in for six months. We we'll get Di Matteo in for six months. He'll win the Champions League yeah. and still get the boot." Benitez. You know? Yeah, whoever, whoever's around, everyone. Scolari. Go sit in. You still on the Bramford's yacht? Get yeah. over here for a minute, will you? AVB. Yeah. Ancelotti. Like the who's who of managers of yeah. all. Like they might as well get finger in at the moment. If you were, if you were like obviously, your if Bramovich was talking about how he'd probably get rid, like he'd just sell them on, like he's obviously having trouble with getting even into the country. Remember, he had problems getting yeah. into it for the. I think he's looking to sell the club, you know. Yeah. but what, like, what sort of direction should Chelsea take? Now I know loads of teams have problems, but we were asked this specifically by our good mate Jamie. Shout out to Jamie. Uh, but what do you think Chelsea need to do? Do you think like Bramovich needs to make his mind up? Or do you think he goes right here? Look, Eddie Howe come in because you'll you'll do something good, you know. Because um, they've this youth system that is winning the the cups and the other age levels, and these players never even get a go. I think they need. And how to, many players they have out on loan? Like seventy. Yeah. <clears throat> I think they're going to need to do one of two things. They're either going to Abramovich's going to need to sell the club. 
because there needs to be some bit of spillia there. Like, it's almost like they have a load of balls in a bag and you pick one out and then you pull the name out and you're like, that's who we're signing next. You know what I mean? Their signings don't make any sense. Well, not of any of as of late. Uh, or the second thing is, do you get rid of Sarri? But then get someone in who could be long-term. I think Eddie Howe would be a great shout. Uh, like, plays good football, speaks English. Spells, spends money well. Spends money well. And, like, he knows how to get the best out of players. He seems to have good relationship with everyone at Bournemouth. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, 100% agree. Yeah, or, he does, yeah. Actually, you know who they could get in? What if they got Lampard in? Yeah, well, he seems to be doing all right with Chelsea. Uh, oh, Derby. Der- yeah. Like, I know it would be a very early big step. But a bit like with Man United, with Solskjaer, he'd automatically have the respect of the change room. That's the thing. I, I, come, I don't want to jump straight into United yet, but like, what do you think that Chelsea need to do? Like, obviously, they have a few bad apples there. Like, if any player... Like, I see Chelsea as a great club. It's in a lovely location. Pays the players very well. well. It's a winning side. Like, they'll win a trophy once every two years. I don't see why people are almost... Like, the players are almost ruining the club themselves. But... um. If you were gonna, if say if you you come in now as manager, you're gonna have to get rid of a couple of players straight away. I feel like obviously Hazard, you'd make a bit of bank off that. David Luiz, Willian, Willian, and then like you need to get you need to get people like Danny Drinkwater and a hundred grand on the bench. You know what I mean? Like he needs to be gone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like you have him making stuff because like Kante just won the World Cup there. Like obviously he's playing slightly out of position. I don't think it, I don't think Chelsea need to get rid of that many players. Like Hudson Doy could probably come in and do a better shift. You know what I mean? Maybe you need more hungry hungry lads. You yeah. Know I mean? Also, I don't think they have like a set formation that like makes them play beautiful football. You know what I mean? I feel like Kante's position was changed, which he was like their best player, to fit Jorginho in just to do this like pass the ball out from the back thing. And then whoever the other centre midfielder is seems to be always like the weakest player on the pitch, whether it's Ross Barkley, whether Kovacic comes in there. Because I haven't heard Kovacic has been brilliant since yeah, he got there. Yeah. He's also only alone as well. Yeah. And then like... <laughs> You have Hazard probably playing on the same side as that player like Ross Barkley or whoever. And then Higuain, he's only there a wet day, so you don't know if he's going to be good. Yeah. And then like they just go, Hudson and Joy, Pedro, William. They're, that right-hand side player is just like... which It's almost like Terry goes, who wants to play? And then like one of them eventually goes, fine, I'll do it then. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It just needs to be fixed. <laughs> like As United supporters, like obviously we've been watching some of the worst football that I've ever seen in my life. And uh, once Mourinho left, the teams changed. So maybe someone like Lampard would be a great appointment. I, I think he'd be more inclined to take the job over Eddie Howe because Eddie Howe's like, do you know what? If I'm only there for six months, it could be like the David Moyes when he went to United from yeah. Everton, and then all of a sudden he can't even get a job at Tesco. But uh, if we, like obviously the team that like dominated that game was Man City. Um, what you have to say about Man City, Ross? Because it the title race, twelve games to go. Liverpool, Man City, one of them is going to win the league. I know some people are saying Spurs, maybe, but that's not really going to happen. Is um, it? No, is it? I, I think United have a better chance of finishing ahead of Spurs, and Spurs do win the league, especially without Harry Kane and that side. Uh, Spurs just dropped some silly points at some stage, but you have to say they're doing the the Spurs are doing brilliantly. But uh, it's a bit like when they were had the chance to catch Leicester, they just. Didn't do it. Yeah, um, they almost seem Spurs almost seem like they beat the shittier teams, and then when it gets to the bigger teams, it doesn't really work out. Yeah, uh, I just look at City and Liverpool and go. There's the two teams to beat at the moment. Like Liverpool, like I think they've dropped seven points in the last six games. Yeah, also, Ma- also Man City were meant to play United in, in the next in the next couple of weeks, but because of like FA Cup matches, that game has moved to like one of the last few games of the season. So that doesn't help Liverpool at all either. No, definitely not. 
Um, that's going to make things way more intense, especially coming down the line. But who knows? Like Liverpool might be delighted because with three games to go, City have to go play United. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it could save them. Yeah, well, the, the season could probably be over by then as well. But yeah. uh, like City are coming into a load of fixtures now. Is like a, a lot more fixtures in Liverpool, FA Cup stuff as well. But yeah. I, but like the way the Man City when you're looking at their bench over the weekend, they don't like they have Mares that can come on. They have like Sane that can come on. They have Jesus that can come on. They have all these. Like top of the range players, and then yeah. you look at Liverpool. It's like Origi or like Sturridge or like you're banking a lot on Shakiri as well. And like Firmino hasn't been scoring as many goals. No, and Aguero's after scoring two hat tricks in two games. Uh, who would you put your money on, really? Oh, my money's a hundred percent on Man City yeah. at the moment. Yeah, because I thought the league was over there two weeks ago. I was like Liverpool have a one, and then they yeah. go out and like just didn't win the next two games after City drew with Newcastle away. Did they, did they not lose? Did they lose? Yeah, I they don't know. Lost. Yeah, I think, but they lost two one. They were, Rafa, they were like Rafa Benitez after winning the league for yeah for uh, <laughs> Liverpool. Yeah. But um, yeah, just that Man City team just looks so frighteningly good, and they have like an easier draw in the Champions League as well. They're playing Schalke now. Obviously, they're going to take that game very very seriously. But Liverpool play Bayern Munich, yeah. and I, I was speaking to some Liverpool fans, and I was like, you know. This would be what Jurgen Klopp's third season in charge, third full third season, third. I think I think did you take over in January? Yeah, know? I think he did. Yeah, I yeah. think it's like third and a half season in charge, <laughs> and three and a half years in charge. And I think there's a higher chance of them not winning a trophy this year than winning a trophy this year. Like more chance of Liverpool not winning the Premier League or the Champions League than winning either of them, because they're not the favourites for either a trophy. And I go, how many years can Klopp be in charge? Without people giving out Without winning a trophy I know Because uh, he seems to be The media darling They all like Love him The media do yeah. That's why it's a touchy si- Subject To any Liverpool fan Because the football They are playing Is absolutely brilliant with, Like without yeah. a doubt But Like are they meant to go on Another two more seasons Without winning trophies And then all of a sudden It's like Five and a half years As you yeah. said Without a trophy And he's been to How many finals Like I think t- Two Two yeah. finals in last year Two finals and what Like finished And I think they finished what Like Second, fourth, and, and fifth in the league. You know what I mean? It's, it's not like he was like two points off each season. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I'm sort of like Liverpool. I don't think Liverpool are, are that confident leading the race coming yeah. first. Because I think last year it looked like Mane, Salah, and Firmino were like banging in the goals for fun, and like this year I'm a bit like, where's the lads? Yeah, Sa- yeah. Salah hasn't been the messiah of the league. <laughs> Like he was no, last year. Well, like, he's still top goal scorer with Aguero, yeah. but it's yeah, but, yeah, more but, so like the the compliments around them don't look as on fire as they once were. Yeah, it's a, it's a really really, really uh, interesting thing. But if you're going to guess right now, who would you guess? I'll just say City, just because they're beating everyone and they're doing it like devastatingly. Yeah, and they've also been there and done that before as well. But uh, unfortunately, United are now. 10 wins and one draw in the last 11 games and they're playing some amazing football to beat Fulham over the weekend 3-0 which was fully expected from everyone I'd say but uh, the way when Solskjaer came in we were like we're going to get hockey by Paris Saint-Germain or, like we were like almost wanted to forfeit the game and you know you're, you wouldn't have even thought we'd make top 6 yeah. but now you're looking at it and we were the most informed team in the league and you're like you know what if that was the first game of the season you know it would be in a chance to win the league yeah sure uh, Jose Mourinho said it would take a miracle for Manchester United to finish in the top four and yeah. right now as it stands Manchester United are fourth yeah. the, the funny thing about uh, as soon as that Man City Chelsea game kicked off 
Chelsea were in fourth because they were getting a point for a draw. And then at half time, Chelsea were in fifth. And then they were in sixth. And I was like, Honda United. Honda United. <coughs> Top but, four. And I look at going like, let's just look at Spurs above us and try and catch them. And I just think, you know, you should keep on trying to catch the team ahead of them. Yeah. And see where they finish up. Well, what do you make of Pogba now? Because um, yeah, he's now he's the best uh, player in the league. He's now after scoring the most amount of goals he's ever scored in a season. And we're only in February. And. Um, he scored 11 goals this season. Like. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, he's also missed two penalties as well. Yeah, I think that's the most for a midfielder, isn't it? Like, I don't really cast like Salah or Hazard as a midfielder. You know what I mean? Because they're like an attacking forward almost. Yeah, you know what attacking mean? forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what are you sort of making of United now? Because obviously we haven't been doing that much football shows because loads of them have either been rugby based or MMA based, and sometimes we talk about uh, the news of the week. Yeah, but um, the fire festival. Yeah, the uh, fire festival. Yeah. But uh, what, what you make of United now looking as like a fan who loves them as much as I do. But uh, like even other people are standing up and admitting that Pub is probably one of the best midfielders in the world. Without a doubt now. It's absolute joy to watch. Yeah. Where, um, where was he for the last two and a half years? Being suppressed by Jose Mourinho. <laughs> um, look, Paul Pogba, what a player. He's absolutely brilliant. He opens up so many channels for the likes of Rashford, Martial... The players look happy. One manic came out during the week saying, like, Solskjaer put smiles on faces in training. Uh, De Gea has been incredible. Yeah. Uh, Luke Shaw looks great. Lindelof has probably been my most improved player, bar Paul Pogba. And the, the team just looks great. Even Chris Mullen had a great game against Fulham. Yeah, it was Fulham. It was his old club. He probably I, had a bit of... I know, yeah, but he was coming back from injury and I was like... You know what, like, you weren't terrible. It's because all the players actually want to play. Yeah. Whereas beforehand you said it, you were like, oh, the players are calling in sick. Yeah, yeah. Apparently we had seven or eight injured players. And then once we started winning, I think we had one injured player left. And I think it was just Marcus Rojo was the only injured player left. Also, players get new contracts. Ashley Young got a new contract. Phil Jones got a new contract. Chris Smalling got a new contract. New contracts for everyone. New contracts for the boys. It's uh, it's great to see that you know they're finally back after spending all that money. It, like the conversations about Mourinho yeah. are just so far gone. There was such, you know what, there was such a cloud of negativity. Every press conference was so negative, negative, negative. And now every time Solskjaer speaks on the mic, he's almost he's a pro. You just know like he's just saying the right things. He's just he's obviously like, I know it's only eleven games in and the real test is coming now. But I mean he's played. 11 games and drawn 10 and, and I'm sorry won 10 and drawn 1 I mean yeah. I, I mean this is pretty impressive do you, do you, obviously we said this before that Paul Ince said that he could he could have done the same job do you, what sort of manager do you think could have done the same job I don't it, think anyone could have done the same job but yeah but then how how come Solskjaer was the almost the messiah well I think he did the right thing he went straight to Alex Ferguson he got his opinion he asked him what he should do he brought in Mike Phelan he was like a legend amongst the club yeah, and a winner. Yeah, he just knows how to win, and he just seems to have done all the right things. Um, I've never seen some a goalkeeper coach on TV more often than yeah. his goalkeeper coach with the frat, with the flash boots. Yeah, but uh, like <laughs> the whole squad just seems to be happy. Whatever he's saying to them, just the morale is very very high. Yeah. Now, when, when do you think this conversation of should Solskjaer get the job? When should that finish? Because at the end of the day, if he right now he's best mates with everyone, right? Because he's the interim, champ, uh, the interim uh, manager. But once he get, like signs the dotted line and becomes manager, which I almost guess would happen, because yeah. I've I never think seen a lot of rides on the Champions League. 
I, I, you see, I, I, I don't know what's going to call it. I don't know what, like, the Champions League, like, what happens if we beat PSG and get knocked out next round? You know what I mean? Because yeah, he's he riding the gravy train right now. Yeah, but he hasn't. I don't know. I don't know exactly what's. Say if he signs the contract and becomes the manager, right? That's when he almost all of a sudden has to be like, "Here, do you know what, Tony Valencia, you're you're out of the team." That sort of stuff, you know. Yeah. Well, like, I think you're like just say this: watch twelve games after the Premier League. If you yeah. win six, draws three, and lose three. You know what I mean? People be like, "Oh, well, you know, his last twelve games, he only won six. You know what I mean? And like it starts to sort of, you know, make people less confident in his abilities. I think we won't know to the end of the season and we'll be told at the end of the season guys by the way Solskjaer is the new manager happy days yeah but the way we are playing is the way that like Liverpool play when they play their best the way Man City play when they play their best maybe a bit worse right but I don't think I, don't, I think that that standard of football can just be churned out every game every game yeah but I'd be happy if we just gave him like a short contract but don't go 10 year contract for Solskjaer yeah. you know what I mean like, be smart about it. You know what I mean? You don't need that from the world. I know. It's just really, really good to watch football at that standard. Do you know what I mean? Apparently, Mould told them, like, don't come back. Yeah. Yeah. I, Hopefully, they mean that in, like, the noisiest way. But, like, don't come back. You're doing great. It's Isn't it just so funny the way the last person would have thought it would be Solskjaer and now this is after happening? It's just, uh, it's crazy. Like, and the players are playing to a standard that they should be playing at. Like, Martial was always, like, the talent he's had is from the very first game when he came on against Liverpool and turned Skirtle in, inside out you're like you have a, this player is going to be sensational and then look at Rashford as well Rashford's one of the most approved players in the league and then Pogba I mean uh, you swear that we had his, his one of his brothers on loan there for a while and then he's after coming I don't know just doing some serious serious business yeah sure Solskjaer said he thinks Martial can be as good as Ronaldo you know what I mean yeah I know it's crazy so have, have a look at these Champions League fixtures we? yeah uh, well first before that Ramsey's after signing a £400,000 sterling contract with Juventus Ross totally worth it in your opinion no absolute mind blown here hey, where uh, is he going to start what position I have no idea I didn't even know he'd be like good enough to get into the Juventus team yeah. the same way win the Champions League this year yeah but like Diabala is sort of in around there Emre Chan's there Kadira's there playing in behind, so he was, and then Ronaldo's down the middle. Yeah, and they've like Bentecourt who's in there now. A lot of people probably don't know who he is, but he's actually doing brilliant for them this year. They seem to have a lot of like top of the range midfielders in there, and then they're paying this guy probably twice as much as all the other midfielders in the team. How much is Ronaldo getting a week if he's getting four hundred thousand a week? Oh, he must get half a million. Four hundred grand a week. Uh, <laughs> I think that's just too much money to give someone like Aaron Ramsey, and for all those other players to know he's getting that, they're all going to ask for more money now. Yeah, but the thing is about Ramsey, he wants to be, he wants to win. He's not going to almost go to United the way Alexis Sanchez did and not try. I can see Ramsey really going for it over there and being driven to win. But uh, I don't know. Like I've seen Ramsey getting hockeyed out by City and like walking back with his hands on his hips, yeah. not trying. So. Uh, yeah, I know, I know what you're saying, but like, I don't, I don't think he's like a mercenary though. No. Uh, also, Paul Scholes after becoming new manager of Oldham. Do you think he's kicking himself? He didn't take the job a few weeks ago, aka the Manchester United hot seat. Oh, you think like, Paul Scholes actually like, too negative to take the Man United job? Yeah. And he like he'd already slayed all the players too much that he couldn't take in that job. So like, yeah. fair play to him. Best luck with Oldham. Who do you, who do you think was like here, lads? Give it Scholesy. Give it the Skull. I'm sorry. Give it the Solskjaer, lads. Give him uh, the job. Uh, Alex was probably like, ring we we all in there. We are we? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man, it's it's great being a United fan right now. Yeah. But uh, the Champions League is on this week. Uh, this week it's on Tuesday and it is also on Wednesday. Uh, there's two games Tuesday, two games Wednesday. 
So we'll look at them first. The first one is Roma. Oh, well, we'll kick off the main one. Man United are playing PSG at home. Ross, obviously PSG are going to be missing a few players. Manchester United are... Riding high. Riding the highest they have since the Fergie days, to be honest. Um, what are you expecting from this game, Roscoe? Yeah, I'm expecting Manchester United to win. Um, just to add on to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, your hype train, he becomes the first manager, Manchester United manager, to win Ma- Premier League Manager of the Month since Alex Ferguson. So, what more do you want from that fella? Um, PSG are without Cavani, without Neymar, without Verratti, and without Thomas Mounier. Uh, so is, is Cavani out? Yeah. Okay. So, well, for the first leg, anyway. So I expect United you know, to try and really put it to them and try and win two 0 at home. How therefore, when they travel to France, you know, I mean they already have that win in the bag. I think not conceding is a big thing. Yeah, I'll go. I I think Man Manu will win two one. It's just I, I can't say we can't <laughs> we won't concede against them just because they have Mbappe. Well, also look at our defense. I don't know what our best mm. starting lineup is, and we're not. Di Maria will be there to prove points as well. Di Maria will be there. Yeah. Uh, also, Roma are taking on Porto. Ross Roma got to the semi-finals last year. Porto, they should be winning the uh, Portuguese league. Not hundred percent sure there, but like if they're not, we, they're you're the top just, three. Yeah, <laughs> you'd expect a Roma win here, would you? Uh, yeah, I think Roma are the better of the two sides, but. This this is a, a match of teams who are getting knocked out in the next round. True, yeah. Uh, then on Wednesday, Tottenham take on Borussia Dortmund. Tottenham flying high in the Premier League without Harry Kane, um, and Dortmund are winning the Bundesliga. Jaden Sancho. I suppose someone I, I was listening to someone there and they said Jay, they, Mark Goldbridge said that he thinks Jaden Sancho was going to be one of the best players in the world. Well, there you have it. I think they're missing Marco Royce. So both teams potentially missing their best player. Uh, look, Spurs are at home. I don't think they've been great in the Champions League uh, over the last few years, nor have they been great. They beat, they beat Real Madrid earlier on in the, in the Champions League. That was last year. That was this year. Was it? Were they in Real Madrid's group this year? Yeah. I thought that was last year. But I, I, I don't think, in the knockout phase, they haven't been great. Anyway, they, they played Inter as well, didn't they? And they lost. I'm just not keen on Spurs in Europe. They, they've never wowed me in the knockout phases. So you're going Bruce to Dortmund? Yeah. Okay. They're winning the German League, so like they're clearly riding high. So what are you going? What score? I'm gonna say two one Dortmund. I'll go two one Dortmund as well, that's a good call. Uh then the other fixture, I actually taken on Real Madrid, the treble champ champ champs. Yeah. I'm gonna say It's not Real even guaranteed. Two, 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 one. Yeah. Just cause like they're supposed to. Yeah, they're <laughs> supposed to, yeah. But like I asked through both games against Bayern Munich at the group stage, so I actually, like they're not gonna roll over and just like accept defeat. No, although Real Madrid have a good record there, but that was always with Ronaldo. Real Madrid won over the weekend, three one away to Atletico Madrid, and the final is on Atletico Madrid Stadium. Uh, yeah, so there's only four fixtures on this week. Next week, Leon are taking on Barca, Liverpool are taking on Bayern, Atletico Madrid are taking on Juventus, and Schalke are taking on Manchester City. So uh, I think it, next week's fixtures are a bit tastier, aren't they? They are a bit tastier, yeah. So well, like, we'll, thank God you know on. We'll obviously be doing more football chat next week. So um, if you enjoy the football part of the show, it is back for the Champions League because that's what people want to talk about. Uh, Europa League is on Thursday. That's Valentine's Day. So I doubt anyone will be watching that. Bar uh, maybe Mourinho. Here, by the way, did you see Mourinho falling over at some ice hockey game? Yeah, I did see that. I actually felt a bit bad for him. Like, yeah. Like, lost his yeah. job. Fell over in the ice. I don't not like him. No, that. No, neither do I. Although he got a massive payout. I remember people being like, oh, I feel bad for him. He lost his job. He's like, got a 20 million payout with like, 
with his walking papers. Yeah. Well, then you should have probably got better shoes that don't slip on ice. Yeah. Very Jose. But uh, if you enjoy the football crack, it is coming back again next week. And we're going to mesh it again into the MMA show. Maybe it might be a bit different. Actually, we might do a, a Bellator Dublin special. Let's see what happens. But uh, if you're enjoying the show, make sure to give us a shout out on Instagram. And uh, tell your mates why you enjoy the show. But uh, we're going to move into the world of MMA. Because over the weekend, it was UFC 234 in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, first of all, the stadium looked unreal, didn't it, Ross? Yeah, the place is absolutely rammed of yeah. people, especially for such an underwhelming card. Yeah, uh, yeah, you exactly. Uh, we were actually out on the Saturday night, and I looked at my phone, and it said that Robert Whitaker had to pull out of the main event. When I told Ross he, he was sober, and then he went straight back drunk. But uh, <laughs> Rob Whitaker was meant to take on Kelvin Gaston in the main event, and he had to pull out through a hernia. We so, we watched the weigh-ins on Saturday morning, and you thought Rob looked quite. Dehydrated Well obviously yeah. he was dehydrated But he didn't look well No considering he was Someone who fought down Well to weight I thought He looked quite drawn in On his face yeah. For the weight cut So obviously he had A tough weight cut Like his intestines Were at him So it makes sense That he had a tough weight cut Apparently he was like When he was rehydrating He was thrown up And he was getting sick That's so, dangerous I'm not surprised he he wasn't well. He didn't look well, I didn't think, anyway. Yeah. And then Kel Gassman was also suffering with um, staff infection. Yeah. Uh, it seemed like both lads weren't really... In the best health. Yeah. And then if you look at it that way, like Robert Whitaker lives in Australia as well, so it's not as if he had to get a massive flight the way Kelvin Gassman had to do. So, no. So you're almost going to be worried booking uh, Robert Whitaker again, aren't you? Potentially so. He seems to have he's had to pull out both times now. The uh, fight cards have been in Australia for him as the main event. So maybe that's just like a bad omen for him. Yeah. What way do you think this sort of makes the middleweight division as well? Because uh, he's obviously the champ that holds up the division as well. I don't know how fast you can be back from a hernia. Apparently, he said four to six weeks. But Matt Damon was at the fight with Anderson Silva and said he had hernia surgery. Surgery and it takes longer than six weeks. So uh, yeah. According to Matt Damon, very long. According to the doctor in Australia, four to six weeks. Who do you trust more? Matt Damon, obviously. Like, yeah, he was, the part he's, was he's great. A, he's a celebrity. Yeah. He's a celebrity. Obviously, obviously listen to Matt Damon. But uh, we'll look into that more in a sec because, Ross, that was obviously meant to be the headline. Is there any other fight you want to talk about on this card before we talk about the main event and uh, Anderson Silva against Israel Adesanya? Not actually, but just because we should talk about something else. Uh, what did you make of the Jimmy Crew versus Sam Alvey stoppage? Um, that was well, that was supposed to be controversial. Yeah, on first glance, it looked like Crew had him finished and Sam Alvey wouldn't get up. But then, uh, on second look, I think it was the whole thing because you have to you can't just look at it for, uh, uh, in like three seconds. You have to see the build up and like when Sam Alvey looked out, Crew sort of walked away as if he already won, and then Sam Alvey got up and walked backwards, and then like as if he was drunk. I don't know. I think I thought it was grand stoppage. It was only because Sam Alvey made such a big deal about it after you're a bit like, oh, maybe it's not okay. What about you? Um, I suppose when you take it fully into consideration, like you were saying, in the ref's head, one of the fighters already thought the fight was over, so the ref was like, oh, it must be nearly over. And then yeah. when he got him in that position on the ground, was punched him. I suppose he was intelligent. He defended himself, Sam Alvey. He wasn't like flat out. I would probably consider it to be maybe an early stoppage, but I think the fight result would end up the same. It was still going that way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm not. I'm not going to sign a petition for Sam Alvey versus Jim Crew rematch. No, no. 
But uh, fair play, Sam Elvey flew over there in short short notice. So yeah. like, fair play to him. Uh, and the question is, was he rocking fake tan or what? Yeah, he definitely was. He was the most tan ginger person I've ever seen. Bar me. But uh, moving on to the main event of the evening. Uh, in the main event, Israel Adesanya, aka the Stallbender, defeated Anderson the Spider Silva by unanimous decision. Uh, Ross, first of all, we disappointed this wasn't five rounds because it was three rounds and it felt like. Well, what did you feel like? I think it'd be very harsh to ask two people who train for a three round fight in on what like twelve hours. Now it's been like, lads, you wouldn't mind doing five rounds, would you? Yeah. Although Adesanya for no extra money. For no extra money? Yeah. Not then, no. Um, what did you make of the fight, Ross? Before going into it, I, I thought it would be a bit like, like sort of very more karate with more punches. Um, you know what I mean? I, th- I, fe- I felt like we got a bit more dancing and flashness rather than actual hits. I felt like Israel Adesanya wanted to prove to Anderson Silva that he was actually better than him. More yeah. than actually go out there and win and finish the fight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, break he, break he, his spirit. I don't think it was much about break spirit. It was a bit more like I can do more flash, cool dance moves in the octagon than you can. I can do more strange kicks in the octagon than you can. Um, look, Anderson Silva looked like a forty-three-year-old Anderson Silva. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he was rocking the dad bod, and in various. He's still, to this day, one of the most entertaining fighters in the world. Yeah. The way he does, like, his move in his hands is, like, I found it very entertaining. Yeah. Uh, also, he still, like, lands some really good shots. Like, he, he hit Adesanya, what I would say, some of the better punches, especially in the second round. Yeah, but he never looked like he could knock him out. No, he didn't. But, then again, he, like, he, he didn't land a kick or anything at any stage. It was, uh, it was almost like a show as opposed to... Neither man man looked like they were going in there to finish. Yeah, it was a bit like capoeira. Yeah, a certain stage. Not far off. You know what? I look at Anderson Silva in there, and it's almost like he doesn't actually mind losing. It's almost like you know when like you know the way like in like WWE, right? The Undertaker gets towards the end of his career, and then like he's like, "This is the new guy," so you lose to them. Yeah, that's not sort of Anderson Silva's doing or something, doesn't it? Passing on the guard. Yeah, yeah passing it, the torch. Yeah, but you remember when he fought Bisping? It looked like he, it, I know obviously he thought he won the fight And then he had to keep going But he never looked like he, It's like Man the fight's nearly over And you're definitely behind Like finish him quick Yeah He's sort of like He's so like relaxed or something He's like Doesn't worry man I'm a bit stoned here or something. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean he, he doesn't ever fully look like he's There's no panic in him Whatsoever yeah. And There's no Last throw of the dice Yeah, yeah. yeah The throw of the dice Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, There's no There's no flurry At the end yeah, you you're sort of going. When are you gonna start trying to win? Yeah, it's it's strange. You don't see that in many fighters because usually at the end they they go hell for leather for the last ten yeah. seconds when they both think they could be behind the cards. But uh, obviously Israel Adesanya came out the winner. Met, like he went in there, overwhelming favorite. It was actually ridiculous to be honest. Yeah. Uh, he, but um, during the fight, Kelvin Gaston was there with Henry Cejudo's belt on, saying he's the champ. And then after post-fight, Israel Adesanya said that he told Kelvin Gaston to take that belt off. He's fooling no one. What do you think now? Because Adesanya put on a very entertaining performance. I'm sure a lot of people tuned in to watch that just to see what he'd do. And also, Anderson Silva gets people's eyes no matter what, you know. And now Gaston's saying, he's, I felt like he was holding the belt so Dana White wouldn't be like Adesanya Whitaker somewhere next, you know. So 
what what do we think is going to happen next? I think they're probably going to try and do Gaston versus Whitaker in the US now. Um, I think Gaston still is in the driver's seat, yeah. but only just. Um, if Adesanya goes back in there and does a very quick turnaround and fights another top middleweight contender, he could very much be in there. The only thing is, I'm not 100% sure who he's going to fight. Maybe he should try and fight Chris Wyburn, because I feel like that's a fight he'd definitely be heavily favoured for. But also... It's another good name on the resume. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a tricky situation because obviously Gaston had to travel so far from America to Australia and he said he spent over 50 grand in this camp as well. And he was going over there to win a belt and then he came home with Henry Cejudo's belt. He was probably calling to his house now looking for it. But uh, Adesanya was told if he wins this fight, he fights as the... He fights... He's the the next, winner of this. Yeah. yeah, the winner of this. Maybe he should just take a bit of a chill pill. Try and probably get it on a McGregor cowboy card or else wait for Whitaker and Gaston to come back because like put it this way Whitaker is an absolute dog like he he, he wanted to fight with that hernia and they were like no 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 you can't do that man you know yeah, he might so, die yeah he might die yeah but the, the, there's another fight in the up and coming that people aren't really talking about in the middleweight division Paolo Costa is going to headline UFC Miami against uh, Yoel Romero right. yeah. and if he could finish Yoel Romero he could become the number one contender because at the moment Yoel Romero is the number one ranked middleweight in the world. Uh, here, what about if they put Adesanya against Calvin Gaslam and for the interim title? Yeah, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be overly against it. Yeah, because Gaslam was ready to go. Adesanya is grand. Yeah, like he didn't need a lot of punches there. No, and Adesanya's like fought numerous times in a row straight from his background in Muay Thai. And yeah, all. UFC two thirty eight's going to Chicago. They can fight on that. Or where's UFC two thirty six? Is there a venue for that? No, I'm not sure. Why not do that? That doesn't have a main event. Yeah, sounds good to me. Adesanya is waiting to the headline of card as well. But that's definitely something to look out for. Yeah. Um, if you were to say, like, I know we're matchmaking here, but uh, if Adesanya was taking on Kelvin Gastelum, who do you think would be the favourite there? I think Adesanya would be the betting favourite, but I'd favour Gastelum just because his wrestling is, like, of a higher level and probably his grappling as well. Yeah. Well, overall, that card got a serious turnout. Turn did you see uh, the artist drawing the pictures of Adesanya and uh, Anderson Silva? It just looked like a great time over in Australia. Yeah. I wish we could have like been able to go to that, you know what I mean, as well. Yeah, although like I'd be freaked if I flew over and like the main event had been... like I was only interested in one fight on the entire card. I, th- I think it was because it was like, <laughs> it's summer over in Australia as well, so it, mm. like, it would have been... I don't know, it would have been... looked like a little crack. Good yeah, well, hopefully Robert Whitaker heals up soon and we get to see him fight again. Yeah. Uh, this is RMA. Yeah, RMA. Get well soon, Rob. Uh, this weekend is UC Arizona, and it's being headlined by Francis Ngannou, and he's taking on Cain Velasquez. Cain Velasquez is back for the first time since UC 200. It almost feels like people that are only starting to watch him may now will not know who he is. Yeah, uh, before scary, we, isn't it? Yeah. Before we look into this card, Ross, do you think Cain Velasquez is the best ever heavyweight in MMA or do you think he like he hasn't fought as many times like because obviously there's Fedor or Verdum or else uh, Jack Hager from Feltor for, for me I'd probably have to say it's Verdum just based on like the victories Verdum has I think are top of the range um, if not him probably Stipe Stipe's beat Verdum he's beat Junior Santos he's beaten Ganu. you know what I mean Stipe's wins are pretty impressive so I would say Stipe or Verdum. Verdum obviously had a win over Cain Velasquez. 
So, it, you know what? It, it's such an argument that people love to have and yeah. people love to say who's the greatest of all time. But I think like Velasquez, Verdum and Miocic could easily all be on par. But then again, why can't you say Daniel Cormier is because he beat Steve Baker. Yeah, act, yeah, yeah. The chance and he's undefeated heavyweight as well. And what happens if John Jones goes up and clean, cleans house? Love to see John Jones against Cain Velasquez sometime. Yeah. Uh, what, would you like to see Cain Velasquez against Miocic? Yeah, wouldn't yeah. be against that either. Give me that. Give me that. Yeah, I love that. Uh, right, we'll jump into the card then. You're, Ross, one of Ross's favourite bantamweight fighters, Jimmy Riviera, is taking on Aljamain Sterling. Sterling's on a bit of a run now. Riviera, not, not so good. Do they both just got, get knocked out by uh, Marlon Marais now? I thought Sterling just beat someone impressively there recently in New York. Oh, maybe maybe he did. But prior to that, he got knocked out by Marais. Yeah. And Jimmy Riviera's last fight, he definitely got knocked out by Marlon Marais. Yeah. A win for either one of these is going to bring yeah. him back on track. Uh, yeah. Well, that sounds like such a Michael Owen thing to say, but uh, who are you backing on this one, Ross? Riviera or Sterling? Oh, I, I like Riviera. Riviera, yeah. Uh, I'll go with you in that. <laughs> uh, then we'll move on to... Uh, uh, what's his name again? Crom Gracie. No, no, no. Oh, Alex Caceres. Yeah, what's Bruce, Bruce Leroy. Bruce Leroy, yeah. Bruce Leroy. Uh, he was meant to take on Artem and then Artem was unfortunately pulled from the card, but he's taken on uh, one of the Gracie bros and uh, he's, he's making his UFC debut. Oh, I think Crom Gracie's going to win by submission in the first round. Is Crom good or do you know much about him more? No, I think it's his debut. Uh, oh, just in MMA in general? I think it's pro debut, yeah. Jesus. But like. On the main card? Crom Gracie. Yeah, that crazy name. It's like, what's the name? I say crazy. I'm like, winner boy submission is <laughs> Bruce Leroy. <laughs> uh, then also, uh, Casey's taking on RMA uh, Cynthia Calvo. Uh, Cynthia Calvo. I'm pretty sure she won her last fight, and she was also suspended for smoking a few joints before that, and the fight before that. But uh, you're obviously backing Calvo. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, in the co-main event, James Fick is taking on Paul Felder. Felder's coming off a loss against. Uh, Mike Perry Veggie. Was it not Mike Perry? Oh sorry He is yeah sorry Vic's coming off a loss Against Veggie Gagey yeah. yeah Vic's coming off a loss Against Gagey After saying he was Going to bathroom, him And then uh, Paul Felder Broke his arm Fighting Mike Perry And like He just is a dog man oh, I'm going to say Paul Felder oh, I feel like Gagey's after writing The blue kit print For beating Vic And I think that's what's it Isn't it? Yeah It looked like uh, Gagey Sort of broke Vic in a way Yeah I, I, I just thought Vic Was going to be so much bigger He boss him and then Gaethje just went in there and held for leather and upended him. Gaethje had to win that. He's been yeah. like he was on the losing streak, wasn't he? Yeah, he was undefeated coming into UFC. And it was like he was like God. He went from seventeen no to like I think it was like seventeen and three. It was like I hear you better win. You better beat someone. Well, he won his debut against Dustin Johnson, didn't he? Uh, oh no, Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson, yeah. Yeah, he went to eighteen and no. Yeah. He was like eighteen and three. But yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like oh no, you have to beat someone. Yeah, I like to put the way Paul Felder stand up as well. You know it would be a great fight? I'd love to see Justin Gaethje versus Anthony Pettis. I know Pettis is going to fight Wonderboy. I'm actually not that keen on that fight. But I'd like to see Pettis versus Gaethje. Would you like to see Gaethje versus anyone? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then moving on to the main event of, of the evening. evening. Uh, Francis the Predator and Ganyu is taking on Cain Velasquez um, in the main event. Ross. Oh, I need to know, Barry. If you're going to give Cain Velasquez a nickname, what would you give him? What do you like the tank? Alright, fair enough. I would say the Mexicutioner. The Mexicutioner, yeah. Uh look, Cain Velasquez has been out what? Thirty he's missed thirty four UFC pay per views. Only thirty four though, like yeah. I think it's only ten well, he hasn't fought in three years basically, is that it? Yeah. Um 
I know Cain Velasquez has gone through a couple of wars with one of your favourite heavyweights, uh, Junior Dos Santos. Yeah. Um, Francis Ngannou, like we thought he was going to be the best heavyweight ever after knocking the head off <laughs> Alistair Overeem. But then obviously you got shown up against Stipe Miocic. Then he lost again to the Black Beast. Then he's after beating. Um, give me a hand here. Uh, he beat Curtis Curtis Blades. Blades for the second time. Yeah, Ken Velasquez, as we were saying earlier, is 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 up there with the top six ever, right? But do you know what I, I really really want to see? Like obviously Kane is made of stone. I want to see if Kane still has his gas tank, right? And I want to see Francis Ngannou hit him the hardest he's ever been hit in the face and see if he carries on with it. Because if he does, I will say he's the greatest of all time. If he wins, obviously. So what's your prediction? Uh, I'm going for Kane uh, because I just know that Kane wrestles with DC the whole time, and we all know that Francis Francis Ngannou goes on the ground. He's like a turtle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, f- shark out of the water. Yeah. Uh, look, I, what I just read about Ngannou was either he absolutely like cleavers your head off in the first <laughs> round, or he's in one of the most boring fights of all time. Because yeah. the Sea Bay fight and the Derek Lewis fight were dreadful. Uh, yeah. Kane's going to try and grab yeah. him Isn't he uh, I think Kane's going to go in for takedown The only thing with Kane Velasquez is His two fights Against Junior De Santos I think he's fought him three times now But two, two, Yeah two of them He was actually caught early in the first round And If Nganu catches early in the first round It's night night but, Yeah uh, It is night night For me I think Velasquez is like I know people have tried to punch Kane Velasquez in the head That he knows how to block it or to avoid it. Block yeah, it with yeah, his face. Yeah. I, I just wonder if you'd be able to take that punch that Overeem took. Because I feel like... No, only... no one can take that punch. Are you sure? Man, did you see that punch? Yeah. Like, Overeem's, like, like neck extends. Yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I just, I'm just interested to see Kane come back now. Is he able to take one a huge dig? Because then, like... I don't know. I feel like he's... he. Like, first, it's a great card on ESPN. Yeah. Look what he's after... Look what Cain Velasquez is after missing out on since he's been out. Like, DC become the champ champ and all that. Like, and everything in between. And the train the same camp. He's, yeah. He must be hungry to get going. Uh, may as well take on the Predator. But, uh, yeah, by the way, there's other people on this card that, like... I mean, Burrell's Touchy on the card. Touchy Feely versus uh, Ma's Jury. Touchy Feely, yeah. Uh, Lee's on it. She's the cowgirl. Oh, you know, see, see the fella Burrell's fighting? Yeah. Uh, Sanders, that's Becky Lynch's fella. That's oh I thought that was Becky Lynch. Yeah. Oh, uh, why she? By the way, why does she say I'm the man? Uh, she's the man. Yeah, well, she is the man actually. I think it's more so the phrase as opposed to she's not saying she is a man. Yeah, she's like the man. But that's a nice card as well. It's going to be challenging uh, Bellator on the same night as well. Give us a little. Oh, no, that's on Sunday night. Yeah. Oh, that's on Sunday. So okay, uh, on Friday night. What way do you want to do this? Do you want to say? Ah, oh, we'll do we'll do Bellator Newcastle yeah. quickly. We'll run okay. to her. Yeah, okay. Army Fabian Edwards to start off. <laughs> okay, dominate it on Saturday night. Also, Bellator Newcastle is on. And why? Yeah, yeah. By the way, they put far too many Geordie Shore people in it. Like Aaron Geordie Shore is enough, but uh, Army Fabian Edwards, who has previously been on the podcast, won by won by decision. But I mean, he dominated. He supposedly hurt his foot after the first round as well. But uh, he's six now. Now he's six very now. impressive. Yeah, uh, the, the hometown. Well, he's from London. Terry Brazier actually lost as well to uh, Chris Bungard. He's from Scotland, so we were up for him that weekend. Aye, uh, <laughs> yeah, still wearing the kilts for him. Yeah, uh, our mate Alan Chalmers lost to Corey Browning. Uh, this was crazy because he thought he won after the first round. 
Corey Browning is a definition of Homer Simpson, almost like Nate Diaz. He just takes loads of punches and keeps going. Yeah, he doesn't get tired, so therefore yeah. he wins. Cardio's on point. Yeah. Aaron Chalmers, like, I felt bad for him losing that because, like, I wanted him to call out Conor McGregor. And then uh, in the main event, Patricky Pitbull beat Ryan Scope um, by decision as well. But uh, Newcastle looked like it was on wheels. Yeah. Yeah. And we would have been on that if he hadn't been going to Edinburgh as well. But uh, this fro- uh, sorry, this Friday, isn't it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. And then that's the Saturday card, isn't it? Hold on, can you yeah. yeah, okay, here we go. This Friday, Matt Mitrione is headlining the card against Sergei Karatoninov, Ross's favourite heavyweight in Bellator. Bar. Big country? <laughs> I don't know, you tell me. <laughs> yeah, uh, Matt Mitrione is brilliant. Well, I suppose Roy Brader. Uh, but uh, Matt Mitrione, great footwork. This one's going to be banged out on the feet. And I look for Matt Mitrione, first round knockout. Yeah, I'll go for Matt Mitrione as well. Uh Ireland and Romania's very own Ion Pascu is taking on Logan Storley, who's nine and zero. is eighteen and nine, and uh, Pascu's coming off a loss against Lorenz Larkin as well. Um, I'm gonna go for Logan Storley. I really like Pascu. I think Pascu could get the job done, but Storley looks like a top of the range prospect in Bellator. Yeah, yeah, nine and zero as well. Yeah. Uh, we also have Mike Kimball fighting on the card. He's kicking off the main card and he looks very good but not only that we have our mate <laughs> Austin Vanderford Mr. Van Zandt yeah, yeah but anyway that picture's been used so many times and it might be used again but yeah. like, that couple are just legends yeah we love them yeah. they love us as well <laughs> yeah Austin's a legend man he was writing to us all last time he's like thanks a million for back in page it's like go on the Austin yeah Austin 316 and then on Saturday we have another card also in Connecticut <laughs> In the same arena uh, It's being headlined by Michael Are Van- you going to take down the cage? No No uh, I was actually like what? But um, in the main event In the Welterweight World Grand Prix First round Michael Venom Page Our mate You'll see the picture during the week Me wearing the arm Thinking I was in Guardians of the Galaxy Or whatever it's called Take on Paul Daly uh, MVP is 13 and all Ross And Paul Daly is 40 16 and 2 Who are you backing on this? MVP is also six foot three. Paul Daly's five foot nine. No, MVP is just too slick. The he is the Venom Page. Yeah. Uh, Don't miss him for it. Yeah. Do not miss him. No, for I'll be make sure I watch that. That's the one I'll be watching on Saturday night. Yeah. Then Czech Congo is on like a six or could be seven foot win streak. Is taking on twenty now undefeated Vitaly Mikanov, former Bell- Bellator heavyweight champion. Yeah, I'm gonna go for Minikov. He never actually lost the belt. He actually just left the promotion for while. He's twenty zero. Uh, he's unbelievable at boxing. So yeah. I think Congo's probably going to look to clinch him. Congo, Congo loves a clinch, doesn't he? Yeah, he loves a bit of a wrestle, doesn't he? He, he was chiseled, that fella, wasn't he? Congo. Yeah. Uh, then also, like this is a throwback. Mirko Krokop is taking on Roy Nelson. This was meant to happen a while ago, but Krokop got injured. Um, I expect Roy Nelson to get the job done here. I think what, his chin... No, I think he's going to knock him out. I think his chin is better than Krokop's chin. I think Krokop hits a bit harder. But I think Nelson will land the blow first. Who gave Krokop that head kick and he absolutely folded like a deck chair? Oh, uh, Gabriel Gonzaga. Oh, my God. Yeah, but you know what to say about Krokop's leg kicks? It's like right kick hospital, left kick cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Yaroslav Amosov, he's 20-0. and 0, He's taking on a guy called Eric Silva. Eric Silva's a fan of used fight in the UFC. Yeah, but like he has no emotive face here. I can't, so he's obviously good back to lose. But uh, yeah. I was only just mentioning at 20 0, you want to keep your lights on that. Yeah. And then uh, Valerie uh, Lareda, uh, she was featured on Blow she's the Belt. Babe. Yeah, she was featured on Blow the Belt. Brenda Shab is like, she's good looking, and uh, we can uh, second that as well. 
Yeah, so uh, really looking forward to Bellator this weekend as well. Two fights on, so make sure to definitely check them out. Yeah, so Friday night is Bellator. Saturday night is Bellator. Sunday night is UFC. So that's that's MMA packed weekend. And then next weekend is Bellator Dublin and also UFC Prague. But that's not going to be as good as Bellator Dublin. So guys, thanks a million for listening. Give the lads a shout out. Give us a thumbs up. Tell a friend about the show. And as always, stay energised. energized.